Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. I want to say something really quickly. It's really not a blessed assurance until you know it for yourself. And the reason that they could say, this is my story, this is my song, because their experience with God was personal. Somebody say it was personal. And until you get a personal relationship and a personal experience with God, you'll never have blessed assurance. I don't know about anybody else, if God has ever done anything for you, if you could just open up your mouth and tell him thank you. Come on. If he's done anything for you, come on, begin to bless his name. Hallelujah. I'm telling y'all, the old saints will go crazy when they said if he's done anything for you, come on, begin to bless his name. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. The old preachers will say it like this, if you ain't gonna praise them, I'll praise them all by myself. God, we bless your name on this morning. You are good and worthy to be praised. God, there's none like you, God. The very fact, God, that we can wake up this morning, God, we give you praise, God. The very fact, God, that we could put clothes on our body, God, we give you praise. God, the very fact, God, that we're in our right mind, God, we give you praise. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. There's none like you. There's none like you. There's none like you. Hallelujah. I love my wife, but there's none like him. I love my mama, but there's none like him. Father, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Matter of fact, the old saints would say that he's been better to me than I could be to myself. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. We serve an awesome God, y'all. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. I want us to go quickly into the text. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So grateful for Pastor Cole who um, stood in and standed in the gap for me on last week. Um, I know it seemed like it was only seven days, but it feels like forever that I've been here. So it's always good to see the saints of God and the people of God. I'm always encouraged by Sister Deborah and seeing her face in the house of the Lord. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for her. Hallelujah. That God continue to touch her body and heal her fully. I want to close out this series on this morning and then we'll serve the Lord um, and serve his people. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I want to look at verses 1 through 3. The Bible declares, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, y'all know some people who so deep, but if I had such faith that could move mountains, but I did not love others, I would be nothing. Verse number three says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I love how verse 1 through 3 says this and it says it repetitively the Bible says but if I didn't love others I would be nothing if I, if I didn't love others I would be only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal and if I didn't love others I would have gained nothing as you take your seats I want you to look at somebody and say what's love got to do with you tell your other neighbor what's love got to do with it. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. What's love got to do with it? I wish I could sing, y'all. Some of y'all felt that in y'all spirit when I said that. Here's what I need us to understand. Despite what Tina Turner declared in her song, when it comes to the believer, somebody say love is everything. I know what Tina Turner said. I know y'all love y'all some Tina Turner than the old saints, but it's somebody say it's everything. Love is what distinguishes, watch this, the saint from the sinner. Somebody say it's love. It it, it distinguishes the believer from the backslider. Somebody say it's love. And it watches, it also distinguishes the disciple from the demon. Somebody say it's love. Because y'all do know it's demons in the church, right? Uh, so so it distinct love distinguishes us somebody say love is everything this is why even when the, the disciples questioned Jesus about what the greatest commandment was Jesus responded in this manner in Mark chapter 12 verse 30 through 31 notice what Jesus says and you shall love your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength this is the first commandment and the second like it is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself There is no other commandment greater than these. This means love is the greatest command given to every believer. Somebody say it's love. I know y'all learned a lot of stuff in Sunday school, but some of us weren't taught how to love one another. I know you came to church every day of your life, but some of us did not learn how to love one another. So despite what you believe, it's not your depth of the word. It's not um, your dedication to church attendance, but it's your devotion to God and his people. Somebody say it's love. And hear this. So so if we realize that love is the greatest commandment, I also need y'all to understand this. This is why the enemy has attempted to distort what love is. Uh, This is why the enemy has attempted to cause division among those who should love one another. And this is why the enemy has also attempted to defeat our ability to love, watch this, the unlovable. Because the enemy knows that love is the greatest commandment given to every believer. So so hear this, I I need y'all to understand this. This means Satan is not only after your life, but he's after your love. Y'all got to hear what I just said. He's not only after your life, he's after your love. And somebody shout, shout this to me. Somebody say, why? Because the enemy knows as well that our command to love is the greatest command. And therefore, he wants us to be disobedient to the command. 
He, he knows this. And he realized one of the reasons why so many believers, you probably tried to figure out why this was me. But watch this, that many believers struggle to find love. Many believers struggle to feel loved. And many believers struggle, watch this, to further love. And if you struggle in these areas, you're not alone. Because these are the attacks of the enemy. I need y'all to catch that because y'all thought it was just about you. You thought it was how people perceived you. But somebody say it's the attack of the enemy. When I struggle to find love, when I struggle to feel love, when I struggle to further love, watch this. Because the enemy knows that's a command. And watch this. The greatest command of my life. He's going to attack the area of love in our lives. How many of us have struggled to feel love, to find love, and to further love? Satan is after your love. I know y'all may have not have heard that, but tell your neighbor, Satan is after your love. And watch this beyond Satan understanding that this is the greatest command given to every believer. I believe Satan also knows that this, this, this thing called love is also the greatest gift given to believers. It's not just the greatest command, but it's also a gift. So the question we got to ask ourselves is, why is, our, why is our ability to love a gift? And, and, and what's love really got to do with it? I think we got, we got to answer that question this morning. And I believe our foundational text reveals what love has to do with it. I know Tina Turner sung the song, but she did not understand the context. And why Satan attacks the believers so much concerning our ability to love. And my prayer this morning is that through our text, we gain wisdom about what love has to do with it. So despite the devices of the enemy, we can express devotion to both God and his people. Uh, so I want to examine our text, but I want to drop something off before we examine our text. In other words, I need y'all to understand, I don't want your history with love to be, cause you to be hesitant to love. Many people will, because of their history with love, causes them to be hesitant to love other people. Uh, watch this. Tina Turner's history with love caused her to pin this song. Because when I've been so beat up by what people told me love was, it will cause me to be hesitant to love. Uh, but watch this. I need us to understand it. I love how the psalmist references uh, over and over again in Psalm 136. He says for his mercy. In other words, somebody say love endures forever. Uh, so what I really have to focus on when I struggle to love is that I got to know that I have a God that loves me constantly. Despite who I am, I've got to rest in the fact of my hope and love because of God's constant love for me. That, so I won't be so caught up in my history with folk that did not love me. Did y'all hear what I just said? I've got a God that loves me constantly. And if I can be reminded of that, I can constantly love God and his people. It endures forever. So here this, I want to examine our text. Let's look at verse number one. The Bible says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. One of the reasons that the enemy attacks our ability to love is because the enemy wants to limit our influence. The reason he attacks your ability to love is because he wants to limit your influence. Somebody shout influence. Because as the saying goes, I know, see, the world has some stuff. They, and listen, everything that even the world says is in the Bible. Somebody say, it's in the word. 
This is why people say, I don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Did y'all hear what I just said? Folk really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So in other words, love leads to influence. Somebody say influence again. And herein lies one of the reasons why there are churches and church folk that lack influence is because many lack love. I don't want to listen to you if you have no love for me. About nobody else, but I ain't trying to listen to folk that don't love me because if we can be honest, we don't have time to listen to people who, let alone, don't like us. It ain't even about love. If I know you don't like me, I ain't trying to listen to you. And many times we want to leverage our influence in the lives of people, and the reason why they don't listen is because we don't have love. Oh, if you want influence, tell your neighbor you got to love people. You got to love people. You got to love people. Ah, because watch this. I don't know about anybody else, but if you don't love me, I don't want your counsel. I don't want your considerations. And I do not want your commentary. I, you got folk that don't like you that will slander your name and then say, watch this. I need you to listen to me for a second. Oh, I don't want to hear none of that when I know you don't watch this. Love me. This is why parents have trouble with their kids many times. Because they want to rebuke them, but the kids have never solved their devotion to them. Oh, I need another mic. Somebody going to have to get me another mic because this mean is cutting off. Serena or somebody, can, can I get another mic? It's not a mic. You sure? Okay. It's, and watch this. It's difficult. Watch this. I need y'all to hear me to receive counsel, considerations, and commentary. Watch this even from credible sources when you know they don't like you. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because I don't want that to, to be a distraction. Y'all know folk can be credible and I still won't receive their counsel, their considerations, and their commentary when I know they don't like me. And somebody, somebody said, shout, why? why? Because watch this. I need y'all to, it, because one's inability to love you causes you always to question their intentions. I know you credible. I know you got degrees. But watch this. When, when your lack of love for me is instable, it's going to cause me to question, watch this, your intentions. So all of a sudden, now you want to tell something about me and my life. No, daughter, you can keep that. Somebody say to yourself. <laughs> you can keep that to yourself. I don't care that you're credible. Watch this when you don't care for me. I know y'all may not like this, but listen, I don't care if you're credible, if you don't care for me. I need folk to love me. I need folk to love me. And this is why a foundational text speaks of this lack of influence in this manner. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, beyond a simple lack of influence, people who are void of love are just irritating. Somebody say irritating. Uh, because if we can be honest, unloving, nasty people know how to get on our, somebody say nerves. Oh, on our, somebody, yeah, that, 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 that last one, they, I, I done kept them until you got around. So not only do we lack influence, but watch this. Folk don't want to be around you. And you wonder why nobody want to go to lunch with you. you. You wonder why you can't find a prayer partner in the church. You wonder why nobody wants to be around you during fellowship. It's not that they just don't want to hear from you. It's not that you just don't have influence. Somebody say you irritate. Oh, yeah, y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that because watch this. I don't want to hear what you got to, got to say. Matter of fact, there's sometimes where I just want to hide from you. <laughs> Consider, and listen, I'm going to give y'all a Bible. 
Consider what Proverbs 21 9 says. I ain't talking about women today. I'm talking, somebody say, I'm talking about everybody. everybody. It's better to live on a corner of a roof. Somebody say, a corner. Then in a house shared with a contentious, somebody say unloving. Unloving, unloving woman. I ain't just trying to listen to you. I'm trying to hide from you. Says, this means it will always be difficult to influence someone who is irritated by you. And our ability, watch this, to influence especially the unbeliever. Because somebody might be saying, Pastor Keith, why is influence so significant? Because if I want to influence the unbeliever, is that, that we've got to understand that, 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 that it requires love. If I want somebody to shift their behavior, if I want somebody to shift their direction, and I know I see them falling off of a cliff, they don't care unless I love them. They'll never listen to me unless I love them. Somebody say, I got to love folk. I don't care how much you know. I don't care how many degrees you got. I don't care your level of expertise. If you don't love people, you'll never have, watch this, their ear. Uh, if we really desire for the unbeliever to receive salvation, to walk in righteousness, and to be redeemed from the grip of the enemy, then we need to be able to have the ear of the believer. But you never gain the ear of the believer until you make efforts to love the unbeliever. Listen, when folk are really not listening to you and you know you have the answer for their lives, you might need to question your effort to love them. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much somebody say you care. You'll never be able to guide your children if you don't show that you love them. You'll never be able to guide your friend if you don't show that you love them. And watch this. Consider Jesus' encounter with the woman caught in the act of adultery. You know, I heard a preacher um, talk about this text. The Bible says she was caught in the very act of adultery. Y'all see, y'all, y'all hear, can, can grown folk understand what's going on? She was caught in the, somebody say, in the very act. And Jesus comes up, he, he rebukes these Pharisees, and then he says, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord, and Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. It's something interesting about this text that Jesus uh, could even compel this woman to sin no more. He extended compassion. Watch this before he extended counsel. This woman was caught in the act and he could tell her go and sin no more. But the reason she could receive that with all readiness is because he extended. Watch this compassion before counsel. And many church folk, we know how to extend counsel before we extend compassion. And we wonder why folk don't want to come into church because we extended. Watch this. I know y'all think the church of old was so good, but there's some things that we shouldn't have done. We kicked folk out because they did not have the appropriate attire. We kicked folk out because they smelled a certain way. And we wonder why the church ain't filled. Because we tried to extend counsel before compassion. And this woman said, even after Jesus said, go and sin no more. You know, sometimes folk will have a, a comeback, a rebuttal. She just did and she walked away. Because she was able to receive, somebody say, the love of God. The love 
of God. And here's the reason why the reason why church folk aren't seeing people saved. Uh, some people still sin and why Satan still has the ear of many because church folk want to give counsel before they extend compassion. I know you've been walking with God, but somebody, somebody say shut your mouth. Because before, here's the word of wisdom, before you move your mouth to rebuke the unbeliever, consider how the unbeliever can receive your mercy. Somebody say love. And this is, listen, I ain't even talking about unbelievers. Y'all know some of us, we can walk with God so long, we think we got it all together, and we think we have a badge to rebuke. Somebody say, we, we think we got a license to rebuke. So when we see something that is not of God, before we extend mercy, we immediately, watch this, open our mouth. Somebody say, shut your mouth. Because if you move your mouth first, you may never move the unbeliever. You're not going to move me if I don't know you love me. Oh, y'all got to stay. I don't know if y'all like this, but I like this. Y'all don't be trying to rebuke Pastor Keith and you don't love me. You have not yet extended mercy. You have no clue what the issues of life have done to me. You have no clue how I found myself in the pit. But many of us, watch this, look at, our condi at the condition before we extend compassion. Okay. All right. Y'all don't like that this morning. Y'all don't like that. Consider what Psalm 36, 5 says. Your mercy extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. In other words, hear this. Your mercy has the ability to reach the unbeliever more than your mouth can. Did y'all hear what I just said? Did y'all hear what I just said? Your mercy has the ability to reach the unbeliever more than your mouth does. Somebody say, shut your mouth. I know that ain't, but I know we got kids in the house, but say it one more time. Shut your mouth. Oh, Lord, help us today. So this is why influence is what love has to do with it. Our goal, watch this, is to get people out of the miry clay. Are those that have found themselves in the pit. And if we want to have influence over their lives, somebody say, I got to love people. I got to love people. I got to love people. My desire is that this not only be a place, watch this, of love, but it also be a place of influence. Because you can come in them doors any kind of ways, but I don't want you to leave any kind of way. And the reason why many folk can come into church, have a good time, be praising and dancing and worshiping God, and then leave out the same kind of way, is because there's a place that has the theatrics of God, but has no, somebody say mercy. The mercy of God. It's the mercy of God that moves people. It's the mercy of God that brings people to their knees. It's the mercy of God. Somebody say, my love. So here's, a, I need us to understand that influence is what love has to do with it. Here's, let's look at verse number two. The Bible says, if I had the greatest gift of prophecy, and if I understood of all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but did not love others, I would be nothing. Hear this. God finds no pleasure in those that are unwilling to love his people. God finds no pleasure in you if you're unwilling to love his people. That means, watch this, you can build churches, you can preach to crowds, and you can even have the highest title of clergy. But if you do all these things void of love, God still won't give you credit for them. Did y'all hear what I just said? None of what we do today will matter if we don't love the folk that come today. Nobody that we encounter 
after church service this morning will matter if we don't love them. God will not give us credit. I know that we done gave all our offering. We done, we done sold into this. We done sweated over this. We done did all of this. We done put on our t-shirts and God will still not be pleased. Somebody say, if there's no love. I don't care. Listen, watch this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this real good. Y'all, listen, don't work in another ministry in this church. Don't help with another part of this vision in this church. If you do not have love. God will not be pleased. I know that you can do it and you can do it well, but if you can't do it with love, somebody say, don't do it at all. I heard um, the late great, I don't know what's going on with the text. I heard the late great um, um, pastor, Reverend Dr. Um, Arthur T. Jones said it this way. If you can't make my sandwich with love, then don't make it at all. I can make my own sandwich. He told his wife, if you can't make it with love, don't make it at all because I can make my own sandwich. Listen, I can make my own sandwich. Tell your neighbor I can make my own sandwich. Listen, I'll run the camera all by myself and I'll be that way and I'll come back up here because, watch this, because I love people. And God gets no pleasure where there is no love. Watch this, because your impact for God's kingdom requires anything done for him or in his name is done in love. Y'all hear that? This is why a foundational text says that in this manner, you can have the gift of prophecy You can understand all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains but did not love others, I would be nothing. God finds no pleasure in that. To make it plain, this means God don't care what you do when you don't care for his people. Did y'all hear what I just said? I want y'all, and I know some of us harbor dissension against some of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Some of us, when we see folk that come into church, we be like, I wish they would not talk to me. And then we quickly get to our assignment. So I get on post. I want to make sure that Pastor Keith see that I'm in place. I'm here early praying, but you miss that person that's supposed to be your brother and sister in Christ. And although that Pastor Keith sees you, God says, I find no pleasure in that. So it don't matter how much praise you get from Pastor Keith. And God finds no pleasure in that. Somebody say that's dangerous. God don't, and I, I listen, y'all ain't going to like me this morning, but God don't care for you if you don't care for his people. Tell your neighbor, get it together. If there's somebody that you know God has called you to love and you're treating them the wrong way, somebody say get it together. Get it together, y'all. And watch this. He don't care how well you sing. He don't care how many sermons you put together. He don't care how often you serve in your church. When you don't care for his people, somebody say, God don't care. God do not care. And watch this. And I, I need us to hear this. Here's a word of wisdom. This is not me trying to be vindictive, but you can rest in the fact if they don't care for you, then they most likely, watch this, God don't care for them. Y'all know how somebody, some folk like to say God has favoritism over my life. I'm, I'm just favored by God. Listen, I'm not trying to do all of that. I'm not trying to be theologically in error. But watch this. If they don't care for you, most likely God don't care for them. I'm not. Somebody say that's Bible. I'm telling you, I'm giving y'all nothing but what's in the text. Uh, and somebody may be saying, how do I know? 
Jesus opens up in Matthew chapter 7, admonishing the disciples not to judge their brothers. We find that in verses 1 and 2. Then he goes on to command them to live justly with their brothers. We find that in verses 12 and 14. This is Matthew chapter 7 I'm speaking of. And then in verse 22 through 23, notice what Jesus says. I don't know if it's on our screen. Oh, I did put it on the screen. It says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we prophesy in your name? Did we cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And some people may see that portion of the text and they wonder why, why would Jesus say, God, Jesus, they prophesied in your name. Jesus, I labored on the altar and cast out demons in your name. I did mighty works in your name. But he begins with Matthew um, 7, admonishing us to love our brothers. He says, if you don't love them, I'm going to tell you to depart from me. That means if I don't want God to tell me to depart from me, I've got to have somebody say devotions for my brother and sister. I've got to love folk. And the only reason I'm going to live with God is if I love folk. Tell your neighbor, you got to get it together. You got to get it. So I'm, I'm saying this and I'm going to say this again. If folk don't care for you, just keep it moving. Because most likely God don't care for them. It's, somebody say it's in the text. Ah, it's in the text. Help us today, God. So watch this. God ain't bothering people that bother with his people. So don't get mad when people don't care for you. Especially those who call themselves Christians. Because most likely God don't care for them. Hey, I need us to see that's a troubling thing to consider that our ability to love carries that kind of weight. If we fail to have devotion for God and his people, God will say, depart from me. That's a a strong weight, y'all. That is not how often I come to church. It's not how well I present myself in front of people. It's not how much that I pray and I call down fire from heaven. The weight of God not saying depart from me is if I love people. If you can't love people, somebody say get it together. Get it together, God. Help us today, God. God, we want to love your people today. So hear this. When you are struggling to love some people, hear this. Don't allow your others, your love for others to to be dependent upon your desire. I I, I need y'all to catch this. You know, you, there's some folk that, that, and I said this throughout the sermon series, that makes it difficult to love them. You know, there, it's, it's folk that you, you, when, you see, when you see them, you be like, oh, I want to turn the other way. It's folk, y'all, right now. Somebody say right now. Right now. That I got in my phone that I don't want to pick up the phone for. Come on. So I don't, I don't predicate my love on them as a result of my desire to try to love them. Because t- some, some, somebody say my emotions might be jacked up one day. But the reason why I can love the folk that are difficult to love is because I don't want God to say depart from me. It ain't got nothing to do with you. I don't want God to say depart from me. Oh, I don't know about y'all. But listen, I know that you don't want to pick up the phone. But what, what I really don't want to do is God to say depart from me. So it's not predicated on desire. 
Because when I see you, I ain't going to desire to love you. When I think about what you did to me, I'm not going to desire to love you. When I think about how you treated me and slandered me, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to have a desire to love you. But what I do have to think about is that I don't want God to say depart from me. So if y'all struggling, just tell your neighbor, I don't want God to say depart from me. I don't want God to say that. And watch this. If we want our sacrifice on earth to be meaningful to God. If we want our service on earth to be meaningful to God. If we want our sowing on earth to be meaningful to God. Then we must first, watch this, be merciful. Somebody say loving. And this is why impact on the earth. And in heaven, it's what love has to do with it. So I said, it's our influence that what love has to do with it. It's our impact. I want, I want to have an impact. I want God to find pleasure in all that I do. Hear this, I'm, I'm going to be done and out your way. Let's look at verse number three. The Bible says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Your love for God and others is what ensures that God leaves something behind for you. Many of us want God to do something in our life. Many of us want God to set us up for where he's calling us in our life. And we can't, we, we, we fail to love him or, or his people. And you wonder why God ain't do it in your life yet. Uh, it's because I have to love. Somebody say, I have to love. Because somebody may be saying, why? Because God only imparts and invests in those that belong to him. Y'all stay with me. And it is our ability to love that signifies that we belong to him. God is only reserved to reserve something in our life when we belong to him. And if we want God to really say that we belong to him, somebody say, I've got to love. I've got to love. Notice this. Notice what 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 says. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So in other words, it means that as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. What has been set aside for the father is only reserved for the father's seed. Listen, I know some of y'all dad has got a whole bunch of money. But I'm not in the will. You know why? Because I'm not your daddy's seed. So if I want to be left and set aside for what's been set aside for me, I've got to belong to him. He's only obligated, watch this, to set something aside for his seed. And the reason why many of us have failed to receive the stuff that we've been praying to God for is because God looks down and says, that's not my seed. Somebody say, he's not the father. Oh, y'all don't like that. He's taking a DNA test and he's taking it by way of your love. Say, no, that, that one, that one ain't of me. That, that one definitely don't know me. Don't, watch this, don't take the father's name. Therefore, we forsake our inheritance when we fail to love because love is, watch this, that causes us to be known as his seed. In other words, the reason... What love has to do with it is that there's an inheritance for the believer. Ooh, that's good news to me, y'all. Somebody say, I want my inheritance. There's been an inheritance that's been laid up for the believer. But that inheritance is only released when the believer can walk in love. Notice this. Notice what the the latter portion of of verse 3 of our foundational text says. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained somebody shout nothing. Because watch this, 
What has been reserved for us is never released when we can't love another. Here's a sad tragedy in that. To never receive what's been reserved for you. In other words, before the foundations of the world, God said, Keith, I'm going to reserve some stuff for you. And all you've got to do for that stuff to be released is love on folk. Oh, y'all, y'all, I don't know if y'all hear me. So that means some stuff is dependent upon, watch this, me loving God and his people. Tell your neighbor, I got to love folk. Oh, here's a sad tragedy. We have many believers who never receive what's been reserved for them because they are more messy and mean rather than merciful. You'll never get what God has reserved for you being messy and mean. And hear this, watch this. I need you to, y'all to hear me and hear me good. Some spiritual inheritance don't require you laying prostrate on the altar for hours. It requires you loving folk. So you thought it was your prayer life that was going to unlock some stuff. You thought that it was you in your prayer closet all night and all day that was going to release something. You thought that it was going to be the fasting that would release something. I'm saying get your behind up off that altar because you don't love folk. And watch this. Lay on that altar long enough, he gonna tell you the reason why he ain't release it because you don't love folk. You keep fasting, he gonna let your behind be hungry and let you know it's really because you don't love folk. The reason it has not been released, listen, I know some pastors that can preach circle around people. I know some some bishops that can sing like they came from the heavenlies. You wonder why why your church still small? Why folks still don't come there? Maybe it's because what's been reserved for you has not been released because you don't love people. It's, 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 It's amazing how the people with the most gifts can be the most nasty folk. Tell your neighbor, don't be so nasty. Watch this. I need us to understand something. I'm going to say something. I don't know if y'all going to like this. But this is why many believers live in lack. Y'all heard what I just said? Many believers live in lack. L-A-C-K. Because many believers don't live in love. Consider what David said in the King James Version of Psalm 37 and 25. The Bible says, I've been young. Y'all know this. And now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken. Nor a seed begging for bread. Somebody say his seed. God's seed, watch this, should never live in lack. And our love ensures that we are his seed. So this may sound controversial, but if lack is present in your life, you may want to check where love is absent in your life. Did did y'all hear what I just said? If lack is present in your life, and listen, I'm not saying you're going to be filthy rich, but me and my wife, we don't make a lot of money, but we never go without. Because I'm his seed. The Bible says his seed, his, the righteous will never be forsaken and his seed will never beg for bread. So if lack is present in my life, I've got to start doing an assessment on my life to see where love is absent. Who am I failing to love? And it may not even be people, it may be God. See, it's a lot of folk that know they can come back to church now. But they don't want to come back to church because they loving themselves more than they love God. You're behind, you're, you're behind ain't scared no more. You just don't love God like you say you love God. 
and you wonder why. You're doing all this Uber and DoorDash and all that other stuff and you still ain't got no money. Somebody say, love is absent. Love is absent. Love is absent. See, I, somebody say, it's in the text. It's in the text. Watch this. Ah, that's, that's good news to me, y'all. Make an assessment of where love is absent. Because watch this. The inheritance from the Father is the will um, for those that walk in love. It's the Father's will that, that we receive an inheritance for him. Somebody say, that's my will. And God says the only way it'll be released if I walk in love. That's good news to me. I don't care what y'all say. That means I ain't got to know no whole bunch of scriptures. That ain't mean I, got, I ain't got to go to seminary. I ain't got to have no title. So I'm going to say, I just got to love folk. And listen, this is why, this is why y'all don't, my, my, my son, I'm going to love on him, but I'm going to rebuke him as well. But listen, this is why the mothers of old never really had a lot of money, but they never went with, without. They would feed the children in the neighborhood. They would bring folk into their home. They would never go without. Folk, and some of y'all grown and can't take care of your own self. They, they adopting folk in the community because they love people. And you can't even take care of your own self. I was thinking about this little grown man. I say, this is a grown man. And he can't even take care of himself. You know why? Because he's forsaken God. Somebody say that's dangerous. Consider, consider what Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 through 24 says. Because I need this. Much of what has been laid up for the believer is accessible when the believer can walk in love. Much of what has been laid up, it, it, it becomes accessible when we walk in love. Notice what the Bible says. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you, you serve the Lord Christ. As we learned earlier, we, anything we do for the Lord must be done, watch this, in love. And it is that, in, that love that ensures the inheritance that's been left behind for us. God says, if you can do what I've called you to do in love, it releases what's been laid up for you. That's some stuff that God says that Miss Ivera has been laid up for you. And I know you love folk. I'm just using your name. It's released by love. That's some stuff for you, Ron, that's been laid up for you. And as soon as you walk in love, God says, I cannot release it. Because God ain't going to entrust folk with his stuff that don't love him nor his people. This was the problem with the prodigal son. He got his inheritance before he was ready to handle it. He didn't really love the father. He loved how he wanted to live his life more than he loved the father. And God says, no, I don't do that. I know that's the prodigal son. I know that's the little inheritance he got. But God doesn't release his stuff if we don't love him or his people. Tell your neighbor, I want what's been laid up for me. Then we got to walk in love. Listen, I'm done, y'all. Despite what you believe, love is more than a secondhand emotion. Paul reminds us in our foundational text that love for the believer, somebody say, it's everything. Love is the greatest command, but love is also a gift. And this is why the, the enemy attacks the believer so much concerning love. You know how you can be with folk for years and be married and you feel like you love one another. And then somebody say, all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Something happens and they, 
They splitting after 25, 30 years. Somebody say that's an attack of the enemy. He knows that that's our greatest command. He also knows that that's a gift. When we fail to love, we miss out on the gift of love. This is why Paul reminds us of this gift. The enemy's intent is to get to the believer to be disobedient to our greatest command. And he also wants to deny the believer the gift that is found in love. And this is why I said this morning that where there is love, there is influence. If, if I really want to have somebody's ear, if I, if I want to make sure that my wife can trust what comes out of my, my mouth and really lead my house well, I got to love her. And a lot of, you know what a lot of husbands get themselves in trouble with? They try to take the Bible and say, and say you see what this Bible says? It says that I'm supposed to be the head of you. And then we use that as a tool to try to get the influence of our women. But you ain't got to do that if you love her. If you can love her the way you're supposed to love her as Christ loved the church. There will be no need for you to try to wheel the Bible over her head. She will follow you because you'll have influence. Many of us are trying to get the ear of people in our lives to get them to change. But we never make any effort to love them. Somebody say, I want influence. And another thing is, if I want impact, I want God to be pleased with all I do. I don't want to preach 50, 48, and 52 sermons a year and God never be pleased with me. I don't want to come and I don't want to serve folk and they say, God, thank you so much. I needed this food. I needed these supplies. I needed all of this. And we'd be happy because folk is happy, but God not be pleased. God says, if I want you, want impact. Somebody say, I got to love people. And then watch this. Some of us are living in lack on our own accord. God says there's some stuff that's been laid up for you. I want everything that's been laid up for me. Hear this. The Bible says it like this. That we should store up riches and glory. But heaven and moth, heaven and the moth and the rust, it won't cause it to decay. And the only reason I store that stuff up is I love folk. And the only way that it's released for me, somebody says, if I love folk, there's been some stuff that's been laid up for you. I think here's a critical thing, and I'm going to be done, y'all. Just as the enemy is intent on attacking us concerning our love, this is why love that exudes from the believer, somebody say, it must be intentional. What do I mean? Consider verses 4 through 7 of our foundational text. The Bible says love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. In other words, love requires intentional labor. We must be intentional to labor with God's people. When, when we don't feel like it, somebody say, I got to still try to love them. I've, I've got to be intentional. It's not something that you're going to wake up and you're going to love folks. Somebody say it takes work. I said this and I'll say this before and I say it this way because I get in trouble when I get home. It takes a lot of work for my wife to love me. Y'all hear what I just said? It takes a lot of work for my wife to love me. Because there's times where I'm difficult to love. So God says that if you want, if you really know what love has to do with it, 
You've got to be intentional about loving people. And listen, I don't care if you got love in the name of your church. I don't care if your middle name love. If you're not intentional about loving people, say it doesn't, it does not matter. That's why we're doing what we're doing today. Because we want God to be pleased with us. We're making intentional efforts to love people. Watch this. That many times people will not are unwilling to love. We gotta watch this, examine our lives. Examining the people in our lives. And I'm and I said this, you can love folk with boundaries. Because some folk you gotta put boundaries around to love. But be intentional about setting those boundaries so your love will never go away. Did y'all hear what I just said? Even it, somebody say it takes work. So God, let us stand to our feet. I pray we understand what love has to do with this. Somebody say it's everything. It's everything. I don't care if we get the baddest worship team up here. We have no love. It means nothing. I don't care if I get a degree after a degree after degree and I get better at preaching. It it will mean nothing. Father, we thank you. God, we honor you, God, today. God, we pray now, God, to help us to love as you've commanded us to love. God, before we try to work out anything in our life, God, you said, your son said, the greatest commandment is that we love you and that we love others as ourselves. Let us start right there. Before we write another sermon, before we want to pray in front of the church, before we want to post up on our wall where we serve, help us, God, to love people. God, you will only be pleased when we love people. Help us, God. God, our hearts are desperately wicked. Clean our hearts, God, we pray. Renew a right spirit in us, God, we pray. Put a clean heart in us, God, we pray. Help us to love people, God, as you have first loved us. And God, we thank you, God, that now we know, God, that our love will cause us to have influence in somebody's life. There's a parent that's struggling with their child, but that child has never seen them love them. They've seen them rebuke them. They've seen them whoop them. They've seen them chastise them, but they've never seen a demonstration of love. Help them to love their child first, to extend mercy before they open up their mouth. And God, that'll move that child. I pray, God, for that parent. I pray for that, that spouse that's trying to get that, their, their significant other to change, but they fail to love them. Help us to extend mercy, God. We pray we won't influence. We don't want the unbeliever to come in this church and remain the same way. But God, we want them to be changed. Help us, God to love them, God, so that it might move them to change. And God, we thank you, God, for the impact, God, that love gives us. It does not matter how well we got stuff put together. It does not matter how good the church look, God, if we can't love folk. God, and I pray now, God, for churches that look good on the outside. And as your son declared, they are dead men in white tombs. Help us, God, not to look good on the outside and be dead on the inside. We need impact, God. We want you to be pleased with us. Help us, God, to love people. And God, I pray, God, that as we love people, God, that our inheritance will be released. I pray, God, that no one ever experiences lack. For David says, I have been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. So God, if lack is present in our lives, let us assess where love is absent. And God, I pray, God, that every believer in this place be intentional to work on love. 
God, we ain't got it all together. God, help us to work on how we love folk. And God, at the end of the day, we know God. That's what love has to do with it. And somebody say everything. Everything. Give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hey, there's somebody watching today. And the good news about God is that you may be saying, I don't know how to love folk the way that Pastor Keith just said, how to love folk. The only way I know how to love people that are difficult to love is I'm reminded that God first loved me. And hear this, you may not know that God first loved you. The Bible says that he demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to die for us. That's Romans 5 and 8. So you may be saying this morning, I want to experience that kind of love. You have an opportunity today. The Bible says if you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. If you want to give your life to Christ, just put that in the comment box. I want to be saved. What are you confessing? You're confessing. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. That means we're all sinners. At some point in my life, I was filled with sin. I still have to ask God for repentance for sin in my life. We all acknowledge that we're sinners. And then we say that not only are we all sinners, but John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. In other words, that there's only one Savior. So we're sinners, but there's only one Savior. And then here's the other thing. The Bible says that only even the demons believe. So it makes no sense to know that you're a sinner, that Jesus is the only Savior, if you won't allow him to shepherd your life. So what you're confessing is, is that I'm going to allow him to shepherd my life. In other words, he's going to feed me. He's going to tell me where to go. He's going to guard my life. I'm going to submit to the leadership and, and, and the authority of Christ over my life. If you can confess that with your mouth, if you can believe that in your heart, the Bible says you're saved. I make that plea to anybody in this church this morning. You may have never, ever given your life to Christ. I had somebody ask me the other week and said, how do I know for sure that I'm saved? If you're watching this morning, I pray you know this morning. He's been in church probably most all his life, but he did not know to make sure how he could know he was sure he'll be saved. That's the way. Let us pray for that one that has given their life to Christ. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for this life, God, that has now been submitted to you. As all of us have declared once in our lives, we've been sinners, saved by grace. We thank you, God, that we found and bumped into this Savior. That's the only way to God. And God, as we've all declared, as this soul has declared this morning, we're only allowing Jesus to shepherd our lives, to tell us where to go, to feed us, to guide us on this journey, God, we pray. We thank you, God, that your word declares heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. So, God, we rejoice with heaven, we pray. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, send us an email to church office at Way Tampa Bay or a message on Facebook, and somebody will connect with you so we can make sure your salvation is sure. And we can tell you, what's the next step on on this journey? It's not, not just about giving your life to Christ, but how can I not be discipled? Now, there may be somebody else. There may be somebody in the church. I know a lot of us are family that says, I want to I want to connect with this church. I want to be in fellowship with this church. I want to come in covenant with this church. I've, I've witnessed some stuff through worship, through the word. 
and I feel like I need to be connected to this church. If that's you, I want you to send us a message on Facebook, Facebook or also um, email us at churchoffice at waytampabay.org. If there's somebody in the house who wants to connect with us, just lift your hands. You say, I want to be a member of this church. I want to be in covenant with this church. Hallelujah. All right, let's give God another hand clap of praise. If you got anything out of this sermon series, let God know by giving God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Let us receive my wife at this time. Hallelujah. I thank God for that sermon series. Can we give Pastor Keith another hand clap of praise? Such a timely word. Do we have any first-time visitors? It's their very first time here. No? Okay. We've all, we're all familiar. All right. Well, we're gonna, we just have a few announcements, and then we're going to get right into our serving today after service. So the first announcement is to join us at, for our first altar call of 2022. And if you're not familiar with the altar call, um, they're basically our prayer calls. So they're our monthly prayer call, calls. And we're going to have our first one of 2022 tomorrow at 7 p.m. Pastor Keith will lead us in a brief exhortation and prayer and details to join will be provided via text, email and social media on tomorrow so that you may log in appropriately. Then also we need your help to clean and beautify our church on Saturday, March 19th from 9 a.m. to noon. We will be deep cleaning, setting up decor and improving the landscape ground. So if you're able to assist, even if just for an hour, if you can't stay there in full time from 9 to noon, that's fine. But we want to encourage you to sign up. You can see... Um, you can use the sign up link that was sent out in a newsletter and will be sent out again to sign up or you can see Mrs. Nicole. Miss Nicole, do you mind raising your hand? You can see her and let her know. We just want to make sure um, more specifically that we have enough guys in place um, to move some of the heavy items. So if you're able to come out again, that's Saturday, March 19th from 9 a.m. to noon. Then also we're encouraging our entire membership to celebrate with us in person for our fourth church anniversary on Sunday, March 20th. And our theme, as many of you who have been in service or watching online consistently, you already know the theme, but I'm going to repeat it just in case. It is the return. Um, we are believing by faith for the return of God's people, the rebuilding of God's place, and the reviving of God's promise. So let's encourage all that are connected to the way to worship with us on this day and come dress in your Sunday's best. Now, we're a pretty casual church for the most part, especially on days like this where we're going to uh, give out goods and items like that. But, y'all, we want to celebrate, okay? We want to celebrate. So pull whatever you have out of your closet. Don't feel pressure to go buy anything, but look good, okay? It's a celebration. I don't know about you, but when Pastor Keith takes me out. I don't know. We ain't been out in a couple years with the kids now, but when he used to take me out for anniversary dinner, I am sure that I look good. Okay. So we're going to look good. It's a celebration and we're very grateful for what God has done. Amen. Also, um, lastly, rather, immediately following worship, we will have a day of love where we will demonstrate the love of God by serving our community. Um, you can see Pastor Cole, Miss Shakita, or Miss Nicole, uh, and they will be able to provide you with direction on how we're going to serve today. So let me clean that up a little bit. After church, if you're serving today and you want to know where should I go, where are my hands needed, then see Miss Shakita, Miss Nicole, or Pastor Cole, and they'll be able to give you details on where you can get started. Amen. Amen. That's our announcements. And please also continue to monitor your email. We send out every Thursday um, this week at the way with further details. Now let's move on to our offering. 
here at the Way Church, if you're familiar with us, then you know that we give according to 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. And it's our desire that every person is a cheerful giver. So we encourage each of you to decide in your heart how much you should give and commit to that. In addition to in-person giving, there are several other ways in which you can give. Please refer to the screens for details. And if you're watching online, the information is listed in the comment section. Amen. Listen, there's no amount. There's no amount. You know what God has laid on your heart. Just be obedient to that. We're trying to teach obedience. So be obedient to that. I can't tell you to give $100 or $20. Just um, hear, hear from the Lord and he'll tell you what to give. You know your situation. And just give that consistently. Amen. Is there anyone that needs to give in person? Okay, a few people. All right. If I can have a gentleman, um, I believe Ari had her hand up. Miss Alvera says she already had hers. So they'll, um, if you could just lift your hand in the air, they'll come and find you. And while we're doing that, let's speak about God's four for four plan. We believe that God has promised us a future property, and so we must be faithful to His plan. Remember, we are asking that you consistently pray, plant, and promote with faith that the Lord will provide all that we need plus an abundance of it. When you are given to our building fund, please remember to indicate either on the envelope or the electronic description line the words our land. Okay, we want to keep these funds separate. This is just something on top of our giving that we um, have committed to. And this will ensure that our finance team tracks the funds appropriately. Our focus scripture this week is Genesis 12 and 17. Should be listed there on the scripture for you. Don't forget to indicate our land where you're filling out the envelope or if you're doing something via cash app. Amen. Can we all stand? Hallelujah. I always think it's funny when I sit in service. I don't know if it's just my issue, but sometimes you think you know a subject well enough and you hear a message and it just challenges everything that you know. And I'm like, Lord, how influential is my love and how impactful is it? I don't know about you, but I felt challenged this entire sermon series and I'm rethinking how I deal with people. I was so blessed by the word. Um, It's not so much out of desire, but more out of ensuring that God doesn't say depart from me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to God and prayer after Pastor Keith comes. Hallelujah. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this Sunday, God. We pray that you were glorified through the worship. We pray, oh God, that you are well pleased with the word. And I pray on today, oh God, that it took good root in us, oh God. I pray that on tomorrow we don't forget that we are to love that person that makes it hard to love them, oh God. I pray that we won't forget um, the gift of love that you've given us, that we won't forget the influence. We won't forget the impact. We won't forget the inheritance, oh God. This word was tailor-made for all of us. And you said, those whom you love, you chastise. So if you chastise us through your word today, it's because you love us, God. So I pray that we receive it wholeheartedly, oh God, and that it stays with us. And Father, I pray on today that um, in our giving of goods today, that we also give love, that we're gentle in our talk, oh God, that we're gracious, our speech is gracious, oh God, that it's seasoned, oh God, that we don't treat anyone, oh God, in a way that you will be displeased with on today, oh God. Remind us all on today that will be serving, that it's not about the action, it's about the love shown through the action, oh God. And I pray that on today that those who may need any that as they come 
that they would feel your love, that they would feel the love of Jesus Christ on today. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, if you all, thank you so much for joining us online. Um, you may log off, but for those of you who are in the house, Pastor. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.